Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks, and today, moving to Portland with Maddie Carlson. Hi. Hey, Welcome, how's Maddie. it going? <laughs> and we've been discussing or observing that uh, you haven't had your own show yet. Which is not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that, but I am, yes, I am but the we only wanted, guest. <laughs> we wanted to talk to you and just you. <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it until I was made aware that this had happened and then I had a problem with it. And then I had to jump on the bandwagon and tease you quite <laughs> right. a bit about it. Right. So. <laughs> Even today you're like, I bet your regular guest is going to show just so I can't. Have it. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, also you were a, a sort of a last minute pinch hit. Yeah. But... What I've like five hours notice. <laughs> Thank you so much yeah. for doing that. Is that a record? Um, I want to say yes, only because I, can't think of another <laughs> i do know you're not the only like last minute person i've had to call in cool but i'm gonna say yeah it's a record i, I used to be Stamp the pinch hitter oh wow Back oh my day. gosh i'm gonna be a co-host yeah, before i, I know say, it. look at your future <laughs> i don't know if i responded in five hours so i'm gonna say you you deserve that crown <laughs> uh guthrie how you been i have been well yeah yeah yeah, been going great. It is an interesting week this week. And, yeah. And, and and primarily in an excellent way. I came to the realization today, actually, that Film by Bike Festival is this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be May 4th through the 6th so, at Hollywood Theater. Yeah. Come check it out. Yeah. Thursday? Friday. Uh, Friday, Thursday. Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Friday through Sunday. Um. And I made the observation that you're either really stressed out or <laughs> like really relaxed. So which one is it? Uh, both. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, That's I, not possible. It, well, so there are things I there are things I know that I know, and there's things that I know that I don't know. Oh. But there are there are always going to be things I don't know that I don't know. <laughs> so usually, like fortunately, how I'll, how I'll, this didn't um, work out so well in the past, you know. The not knowing what you don't know. <laughs> right. Yes, it always sucks when you don't know what you that, don't know. Unknown unknowns. Correct. Um, but in that regard, the known knowns and the uh, known unknowns are uh, actually, for the most part, taken care of. And so um, each year, this is my third, fourth year doing it uh-huh. in this in this role specifically, I guess. Maybe just third year for the film coordinator. Um, but I've learned a lot through the process and uh, always work to make that more seamless each year that it happens. And so this year, I feel like... Um, took took the best shot it's gonna be a great show and and what i mean by that is that um i there's a lot of processes behind the scenes as tim mooney will um admonish don't talk about the sausage factory Uh, (laughs) right but but suffice to say we've got some really cool stuff going on i'm very proud of the work put into it and very excited for the festival this weekend awesome yeah yeah i'm excited for the festival this weekend and I just realized it was this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is coming up. There, there are the traveling shows, but but the one where it all started, the the one that's near and dear, ist to my heart, is the one oh, here in Portland. Oh yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
let me ask you a few questions, even though like all of this can be found on the website. Sure. But you're right here. Hello. Uh, so we have a street party on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. At VeloCult? Yes. Well, mostly. So There's one... a change this year, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, one thing that's really cool about this year is um, we sort of went back to the drawing board and thought about some of the elements from earlier days in Film by Bike that really made it feel like the festival uh, we've all grown to know and love. And one of those elements um, that initially was something that was more of a a need was for that street party space to take over the street itself and hence the street party. Right. Um, and so when, if folks will remember on the Clinton street theater, um, that was really the only space to fit about 85 or 90 people in the early days. And then as things grew, you know, a little closer to five or 600 as things would go. <laughs> right. And so in that regard, um, one thing we're really excited about this year is to move back into the street to take over the street between uh, the Hollywood Theater and Fellow Colton. So the Wait, festival. What? Yep. Like we're talking Sandy? Oh gosh, I wish. No. <laughs> okay. uh, so maybe maybe that's next year. For those year. who are next not year. who are not familiar with Portland uh, um, San- Sandy Boulevard would yeah. be the equivalent of me taking my bike out onto I eighty four and being like, yo, what's up? <laughs> right, um, right. Or or maybe not the equivalent, but but there is a parallel there. Yeah. Um no, so it's the... a pretty busy street. Though. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um and, and uh, I mean realistically, I think it's a really great compromise because that allows emergency vehicles to still have their paths to um, different destinations. It doesn't really sure. throw as many things into the mix in terms of bus schedules or anything like that. And so what's really cool, though, is that we will be as close as you can get to without being on Sandy right next to the theater as part of the street All fest. Right. Um, so that's going to really tie the event together, I think, in a nice way. It's going to be like not only are we having fun in the theater, but when we're done, we don't have to walk a block or two to Velocult. Right. Um, and that's not to say that we um, didn't appreciate the space. And in fact, I think Velocult is an excellent and amazing place to have that event. And I'm sure that we'll probably try it both ways over the next few years. Um, but yeah, we were just really excited to move it back into the street to kind of take... Um, claim of that space. We've had some really great partnerships with the neighborhood and have um, just really had everybody come together behind that idea. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Back in the Clinton Street Theater days, it uh, it really gave this sense of, um, I don't know, community mm-hmm. engagement. Um, yeah. And and again, like, yeah, not to denigrate Velocult, but it did oh, sort no, of Velocult's move to amazing. a, a, a Love more Velocult. private area. Mm-hmm. Um or or a business, I guess, in this case. <clears throat> and it it didn't necessarily have that same feel. I mean, it was still a great time all around. But, yeah, it didn't necessarily have that sort of community engagement. Yeah. You didn't get to see, like, uh, I remember in the Clinton Street days where, like, people, their apartments were literally, like, looking over the party. And mm-hmm. you could see them, like, watching and yep. having a good time. Just hanging out, you know? chilling. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, it should be super fun. Um, I'm excited to have it back in the street party, or excuse me, a little bit of a hiccup there. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have it back. I think, so one of the things I was realizing when we went back, and this is in regards to our Sunday night showing, um, in terms of the films there, we're having a From the Vault series. And so we went back oh, no through, kidding. oh yeah. Went back, went back through, uh, and I don't know why we didn't do it on the 15th year. I think we were still just like doing everything anyway, but you know what? The 16th year, um, and in collaboration <laughs> with the poster and sort of the aesthetic from that, uh, really felt that we had some, some just true gems over 16 years worth of film oh. by bike films. And so the Sunday Triumph show is actually one, um, that I'm, I'm, 
looking forward to in the sense of when I first started or when I first got involved with the festival, like what was I going to the theater and what was I seeing? And you know what? It, it might not have been polished and it might not have sounded great because of audio and it might have been <laughs> shot at a weird resolution or um, oh, yeah, some have, of those have old some ones, odd like, sequencing. Yeah. But, but you know what? That is also at its That's essence like the, the core part of its charm exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah. so we we went through the vaults um and aileen and i spent a, a big amount of time this winter just sort of going through and we we selected i think some that will be um new crowd favorites for those who haven't seen them and old crowd oldies but goodies and, right and just some really fun ones for those that have awesome yeah maddie how many film by bikes have you been to uh, none yet. Yeah. So this will be a first for you. I hope to make it to yeah. some. Yes. <laughs> well, you're certainly welcome. <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's been my week yeah. today. Lots of, lots of film by bike, but in a really good way. Yeah. Um, well, not to make this into a film by bike commercial, but, um, who or what <laughs> is going to be there at the, at the street party? Who or what? Um, yes. we will have various booths from collaboration, um, elements with the festival there's going to be a uh, beer garden so you can hang out grab your bike buddies and uh, drink some beer close to the films the merch is also going to be there there's going to be uh, actually quite a few so this this is the part where i admit to i haven't looked at our vendor list oh, right <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not actually in charge per se or or even closely related to the planning that happens behind that what i will say is that if you have enjoyed the street parties in years past, take that dial from 10 and turn it up to 11. That's kind of right. what we're going for this okay. year. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, should be fun. Um, well, probably not a vendor, but certainly a supporter of all things fun and bikey and creative is the Beer Mongers on Southeast Division and 12th. W where are they, Aaron? Southeast <laughs> Division and 12th. Not quite near the Hollywood Theater. You know, but, you know where I was on on Saturday. Were you at the beer mongers? I was at the beer mongers on Southeast Division and Twelfth. That's right. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I was across the street from the beer mongers <laughs> just, when I got the call from Aaron today. and offered <laughs> to go Matt, to the beer Maddie mongers. Was on that her way was to the that beer was mongers so when nice the phone of you, rang. By the way, <laughs> you're like send me your send me your grocery list. <laughs> You know, things like that make my day. Really? Oh, yeah. well, yes, because you're hauling stuff by yes, bike. for <laughs> other people. <laughs> At what point do you think it's it's uh, pathological? Oh, it's pathological, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fully admit to it. I have a problem, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, the Beer Mongers, supporters of this show and providing us with our drinks today. Thank you, Beer Mongers. Hey, I'm drinking a semi-frozen Lionheart kombucha, the raspberry harvest. I'm drinking a decently cold Oregon Sunshine Golden Pale Ale by Captured by Porches Brewing. 100% Oregon farmer grown. And I'm drinking the Lionheart kombucha that Aaron wanted, the Heroes Blend, because I earned it. <laughs> you, you are a hero today. <laughs> Hibiscus um, with revitalizing herbs. It's my favorite flavor that they make. And that's saying a lot because it's, it's, I, all their flavors are really good. So it's like, you know, everything's number two and Hero bl Heroes Blend is like number one, but like just, mm. I'm really just enjoying above. it. And I was happy to share that because, Thank you. I, you know, I want people to enjoy the things that I enjoy too. It's a good feeling. <laughs> 
And now that I yes. see how frozen yours is, I'm glad that oh. I, <laughs> I took I, this I one know. from I kinda you. Like, I kind of like the kombucha slushy. It's a little hard to drink out of the <laughs> out of the narrow opening, but just get all the goodness of the um, calm, but not as much of the bucha by right. by the end. You kind of have to shake it as you're drinking it. It's it's really precarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're having some fridge. Um, we're having conversations with our fridge at work. I see. And the conversation so far has been: Is this dial this far way enough? Oh wait, nope. Okay, it's not <laughs> too much. <laughs> let's let's adjust again. We'll 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 get it next week. A bit of a tangent, but ours is dialed way down, mm. and it's still like anything you pull from the freezer to defrost in the fridge. Mm-hmm. It takes days. Just like usually, there. it usually most I'm used to like a day, you know, or overnight. Mm-hmm. Like I pulled some tortillas out of the freezer, and it was like three days before it was fully, hmm. you know, thought out. It was always still mm-hmm. a little hard in the center for a good couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've got that same problem with our fridge. Actually, I I I feel like I recall this memory of like food growing up like coming out of the freezer and then like magically being defrosted oh yeah and I, i've been seeking that in in this current moment and i just haven't been able to achieve no, it no no any hints we'll from anyone out there turn off well, your fridge <laughs> right <laughs> uh, um but i digress <laughs> so maddie <laughs> right. you're gonna get a bunch of is I, your refrigerator running right Ooh. right <laughs> Speaking of uh, jokes, I'm going to do one more tangent. Yes. And then we'll get into it here. Um, I saw a shark in the Willamette the other day. That's bullshit. Nope. I've got a video. (laughs) Okay. And I will happily send it to the Sprocket podcast. I'll bite. How did... Oh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the joke? No. No, no. Like, I literally saw a shark in the Willamette the other day. I... This boggles my mind. I was, too. And then I got out my camera and I started filming it. Uh, so It's I, a real ass shark. I looked it up and uh, it could be the only thing that is also still on the table is uh, a type of very shark like fish. Uh, which like a would, dogfish? Exactly. Dogfish but was those the. Those don't I, get that large, do they? It, it was a very small shark. So that's where I still think, um, and I'd, I'd love to get other people's input on this because I think dogfish is still on the menu. Um, okay, and and yes. what, what had happened was that uh, we were out on a tour and then there were a bunch of people looking at the water. We too looked at the water and there was this sea lion that was just tossing this uh, very large fish up and down and sort of like playing with it in the water. And it would kind of like... uh, As sea lions do. Oh, yeah. It would go under for maybe 35, 40 seconds and then you'd see this, what what is probably a dogfish or a shark, um, just get flipped up like a couple of feet into the air and then it would kind of like sink it back down again. I'll I'll pull it up here while we're talking. And uh, but I, I I haven't posted it to anywhere yet because I don't want to get called out on social media about a dogfish. Uh, but you know what? I just said on the podcast. So, hey, it's going to happen anyway here. Uh, so, yeah. No, that was uh, fun times on the Willamette River. Yeah. So I'll yeah, pull, you should I'll grab pull a, a still out of that. Grab a still from that. Yeah. It does match like, size wise for dogfish. But if, if okay. it's not a dogfish, it's, it's probably a shark. A small shark. <laughs> Huh. So anyway, that was my week. I guess it's also possible for a sea lion to have grabbed the shark at the mouth of the ri- well, no, because seventy miles, like it's not going to swim that be whole really time. That's got to be a really bored sea yeah, lion, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, hey, there were no salmon today. Just kidding, there are, but I was too lazy to go to the gorge, so right. I'm just going to chill up the Willamette here with a shark. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, wow. 
Speaking of the will, chilling up the Willamette, though not with the shark, you've traveled up the well to the Willamette. <laughs> I don't know how to transition <laughs> from the Puget Sound to the right. cold, clear oh, oh, waters. Oh, I wasn't sure if this was about moving or about um, going on tours with your recent guest, Sarah Gilbert. Oh, oh nice. You've been on tours with Sarah I have. Uh, several. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. How was that? So fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we are car free. And I I have to say, I don't really feel like I'm missing out by not having a car and not being able to go to the Columbia Gorge. But... Uh-huh. When you have a friend who's starting a tour business, um, Cordillarian Cordillarian Tours, I do know how to say it. I did have to ask her. Um, And she's doing test runs and you can go along. Um, I've gone on several and it's really beautiful out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's super fun. And I love the Columbia Gorge, it turns out. Um, had you been too often before these tours or is this no, kind of your, this is I, your first glimpse? I've been twice to the, um, Deschutes River Trail. So okay. I guess that, that kind of counts. Oh, and I did the, um, Pixie and I did the Dalles Mountain 60. Okay. So that counts. Um, but you're like so busy pedaling and, mm, you know, yeah. exhausted. Not a, not a smell the roses <laughs> kind of ride. Yeah. So I've gone on a couple hikes with her. I haven't done any, well, she, she drove me out to, um, to do a little, film shoot um around the gorge mm-hmm. for gorge pedal which is coming up in august oh nice um and that will be super fun it's kind of like a uh almost like a sunday parkways he they wanted to close down the road but they can't but oh. it, it's going to be a big of big fun um biking event and uh study some of the like the fire damage and how the gorge is regrowing and mm-hmm. and oh the other there's a lot going on out there yeah did Sarah talk a little bit about the fire process or, or yeah. like updates in that regard or, um, or just general info? Yeah. So she she goes out there often enough that she knows everything that's opened as it opens and she talks to everyone working there. So she has a very good sense of what's going to open when, if they know anything, um, mm. and she's able to access all the things that are open. So oh, nice. highly recommend her tours. Yeah. Cool. Does it sound like it's... Uh... It's going to be great once it finally launches. Right? Yeah. I, I um, Speaking of Washington versus Oregon, a couple Ooh. of the hikes I've done with her, we've crossed over the Bridge of the Gods, or she calls it the Bridge of the White People's Gods. Because, <laughs> well, because it, it's, you know, a man-made bridge right. now, and the original right. one was not the, man-made. Right. So I was going to say there was a Bridge of the Gods. Yeah. Yes. But. Um, but we've we've driven over that and done hikes on the other side, and I've really liked those too. But you know, I'm an Oregonian now, so I feel a little disappointed <laughs> when I'm enjoying Washington stuff so much. Oh, what's wrong with enjoying the Washington? <clears throat> yeah, stuff? no, it, it's great. We went up um, Beacon Beacon Rock, uh-huh. um, and that was just amazing. It would Pixie was along. Um, Pixie is a, a nine pound Chewini, so she's a dog with very short legs, and she did fine. And Sarah's friend had her five-year-old along, and mm. he did fine. So it, it's a hike anyone could do. I think it's less than a mile, but it it switchbacks up this monolith, and it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, anyone could do it. But even um, the large people of us, we um, enjoyed it, and I found it hike enough. So mm. I'm not much of a hiker, though. I should right. admit. <laughs> That's yeah. such a great hike too, because as soon like I feel like on that one, just as soon as you're like, "Ugh, I'm done with this," you're like, "Oh, I'm at the top." Yeah, it's 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 well timed. Yeah, and the way you turn around the monolith and catch different views, it's mm-hmm. oh, it's beautiful up there. Okay. Did Sarah happen to mention when that opened for this season by chance? Oh no. I okay. Don't know. Um, I I've tried actually 
five times over the last year and a half to go do that hike because it's oh. one I remember doing as a kid. Um, and so my only perception of it is me circa seven or eight years old. Um, and I keep trying to show Jane it, but for, um, you know, one reason or another, it's either been closed or it's part of the nesting season for the birds on that side. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I learned uh, early-ish on not to trust what the park's website mm-hmm. said in regards to it oh, being open no. or not. But yeah. we, we, we've literally made a trip like for the point of going to that, <laughs> gotten there and then been like, oh, nope, it's it's closed again. <laughs> like, right. So I think I think at this point in time, it'll need to happen just en route to something else and you're like oh god it's open let's hike it um but i'm really glad that you got a chance to experience that because that was um one of my foundational memories of the gorge like growing up there was that hike that's amazing yeah it's a really good one yeah and i guess there's probably a small window of when it is open and then when the parking lot overflows and you can't get up (laughs) totally what uh day of the week did you folks go It, it was a weekend either a saturday or a sunday okay um oh I should point out there was one guy jogging up and down. That was disgusting, but (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't very crowded. There was plenty of parking spots. um, And I I don't think it's always like that. Mm -hmm. But but your weekend is on weekdays. That's true. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. I mean, there's there's I think that there's definitely pros and cons. Uh, I've been doing it long enough now. um, And like when I was working back in college i never really held a traditional schedule anyhow and so for me i've never known that standard and so it's easy to not have it right um i will say that you definitely morph your friend pool a little bit based on who's got weekends when and where and so there are people that i'm still in very good touch with but just frankly haven't seen in a year or two maybe Um, and that's because whenever we try to do something it's like oh just kidding like i work till six that day and then you go to work the next day and so i think it definitely has there are factors of it which could be like better in a perfect world but i'd say the trade-off is in my opinion um the reason i the reason i'm still doing it is because i enjoy it it's a nice way to have it have it planned well and and when you go to these state parks Mm mm-hmm even in like you know um peak season and somewhat fewer people are there right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah totally no it's a, it's yeah. a good way to go um i'm i'm incredibly fortunate and in that i can work a schedule that allows me to do that uh film by bike is kind of my second job so in many ways i do work uh five days a week it's just i work uh seven days a week the other some parts days. of the year <laughs> yeah and then and then the four the one day a week the other part of the year so um yeah there's there's pros and cons but uh if you get a chance to try it, I would certainly encourage it. It's yeah. um, it's it's a way I found that works well for me. What works well for Maddie? <laughs> I know you you pretty much just make your own schedule, don't you? Um, yeah, I w- I would call myself an underemployed work from home. Mom. Underemployed? <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I I mean I haven't worked full time in ten years right. since my older son was six months old, and at that point I was telecommuting, so it was easy to balance. Right you know, a baby that slept all day long with, with working for a tech company in San Francisco, mm. um, remotely. But yeah, I, I, um, I was looking for full-time work, but it is hard to present yourself as employable when you are a stay-at-home mom who hasn't mm. worked in 10 years. <laughs> oh yeah. Shit. Have you, have you come across like, and you don't have, this doesn't mean, I guess specifically, but have you encountered discrimination like readily and apparent in that process of of trying to like reach back towards full-time or have you well i mean i don't know if that's the reason okay yeah i mean um... i guess i'm just curious to tease out because (laughs) who are they name names uh (laughs) well i mean because that's in a sense like i think that's one of the great tragedies of um 
sometimes what capitalism like pushes us towards yeah. is that like very regimented idea of who is a good person to work with or for or or from and that i think that a lot of times some of the greatest experiences i've gotten in the workplace are through interacting with um, situations or things that are not necessarily like your traditional like this is what the workforce looks like right, right. um so i guess i was just more curious or if that if you'd seen that as a is i mean a, i'm as assuming a that's why but okay. i i don't know i don't know okay. so i mean I have my weekly column on Bike Portland, yeah. so I, I certainly have gigs, um, and the I'm very thankful com- for that. The gig economy is well and alive. <laughs> so circa when, I, 2018. when I was here last, the column was kind of new, so I was a little nervous to talk about it in case it didn't oh, take guess, off. Because I but now, yeah, no, it's I. I think tomorrow will be like my fifteenth post. Yeah, um, it's every week, and it's family biking specific. Although I can branch out into other stuff if I want. Um, and well, let's see. So it will have already posted, I guess, by the time this airs. So I hope you enjoyed <laughs> oh, my, my first listicle. Um, I, I lo- listicle. I've been loving yeah. <laughs> nine ways to make this your best spring ever. Oh. Although, oh. um, as of this taping, I haven't, uh, submitted it yet. So it might not actually be nine. Oh, <laughs> depending <laughs> on if I think Here of one more. Well, well. <laughs> or if Jonathan edits a couple off. If, if we, if we keep you trapped in the studio long enough, perhaps. You, that ninth one will just pop out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, what on the way you over, just keep the title, but then only put eight in there. Just to <laughs> I see was, if I was thinking of attention. calling it ten, and like I had seven. Mm. Like, who's gonna? <laughs> who reads notice. to the end anyway? <laughs> but no, on on the way on the ride up here this evening, I swallowed a petal. So, you know, that what? I might, <laughs> I know I just got over the cough. Oh, like a flower petal. A flower petal. With a yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a clipless and it just <laughs> went right down. Like, wait, this is, I, I was thinking like, is this like, like a vernacular of some kind? Oh, that's true like, for yeah. all of our listening to Petal Pedal. <laughs> yeah, at the, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the show, I should notice. That's, that's what the <laughs> cool kids clearly. are doing today, Aaron, is we're, we're just throwing down petals. Right. Right down right. the, right know, down the like, gullet. Like, is it slang for something else, right? I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> now it, it could have been a dogfish. <laughs> right. Run, run with it, listeners. I think it was a pedal. What, what is swallow a pedal? <laughs> run with it. Gee, Aaron, you up, really, you really swallowed a pedal there. Right, exactly. Didn't, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it could be like the bike equivalent of putting your foot in your mouth. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Really, oh, shit. I really swallowed a pedal there. I'm, I'm feeling like that's... I'm on, I'm on, that's, I'm on board with that one. All right. Until, if, until and or if we come up with a better one. (laughs) I like it. So coming back to your weekly article here, um, you had nine ways, but go on, talk about, yeah, after (laughs) we, after we, this is where I get nervous because it's it's not posted yet. So let's just stop talking about that one. (laughs) Not, not necessarily talk about that particular article, but talk about oh, you yeah. know, the, well, the articles in So, in so I general. do, yeah. I do read Bike Portland religiously, of course. Um, and I have quite a good sense, I think, of the commenters, which mm-hmm. is a big part of Bike Portland. Yeah. Know your audience. Um, it is different to have your oh, own yeah. post and the commenters on that. And it's really interesting. I like how I, I am horrible at predicting what the commenters are going to oh, say. Really? Yes. So you come, you come up with an article or you, or you finish an article and you have, you have in your mind like, okay, so this is how it's going to be received. Yeah. And it, it, 
totally is never what you predict. I, I bet it's like that for everyone who mm, I suppose. like guest posts yeah. and Jonathan alike on Bike Portland. But um, well, for one, which which I already did a follow up on when I asked um, why people didn't ride with their kids, I thought people would say like, well, I don't have access to, you know, a bike that will hold us all or I don't have access to good kid bikes. Um and I didn't think anyone was going to talk about the bike infrastructure in Portland because oh, really? compared to other cities, it's amazing here. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm, you know, I, I can see where the problems are. Sure. And my, my mother was from the Netherlands. So I've been there a bunch of times. So I really know like what can be. And I know that we aren't anywhere near that. Um, but still I thought everyone was happy with what we had. And <laughs> I felt very <laughs> silly that everyone spoke about infrastructure and pretty much every single post. People only talk about infrastructure, which a commenter told me the first rule of Bike Portland is that everyone talks about infrastructure. Oh, really? So now I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's good to keep in mind moving two or three new places. Like people have the chance to see the really shiny sides of that, and then they get all of their life to focus on the less shiny sides yeah. of it. And so that's what tends to. I feel like that's what tends to percolate out into the comments sometimes. Uh, and it is good to get that outside perspective where. Yes, there are absolutely things we can do better and that we should be working towards. That yeah. being said, we're starting off on a pretty good foot. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to belittle anyone who's unhappy with the infrastructure here because we should fight to make it better and better and better and, and lead by example. Mm-hmm. And other cities can, um, you know, do the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, speaking to that, I had a, a book reading a couple years ago um, in just a bit north of Seattle at a library for your urban cycling yes book? for urban cycling ah. <laughs> lots of copies available at Ravello here in portland mm-hmm. oh yeah all signed and at various new seasons around town also signed or no? and powell's um, still, no but yeah. when i oh, well, last <laughs> i was in powell's they were sold out oh. but i should i should go check that's my um, fault I, I bought up a copy of two. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I should if i see them in new seasons is i i will sign them <laughs> oh really I think that's what you're supposed to do. If you see your book, like sneak do you over and ever sign have it. Have anyone go like, uh, "Excuse me, ma'am, why are you writing in this?" Well, book? okay, I haven't actually done that yet, <laughs> no. but I hear that's you something should. authors oh, can do. You should so do funny. it. You should do it, and you should you should like write a dedication to New Seasons customer whoever purchases or whatever. Or, or, or even better, like to the New Seasons employee who's walking my direction, asking me to not sign my own book. Oh wait, this is for you. <laughs> I can write neatly that fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was getting a little I'll too meta there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyhow, at this book reading of Urban Cycling um, at the Lake Forest Park Library, mm-hmm. which is right along the Burke Gilman Trail, which I know you are familiar with and love, a multi-purpose or multi-use trail in Seattle and beyond, um, there was a great group of um, older men there. And one of them, his only experience since retiring was just biking along the Burke Gilman Trail. Hmm. So he um, had a lot of problems with other bicyclists blowing through stop signs and getting in his way. And Hmm. that was like his only complaint because he doesn't interact with anyone else. Um, I think there there are not a lot of car crossings where he goes. Um, You know, it's mostly driveways that that cross the the trail. And it was such a different perspective that he had so many problems with other people on bikes, yet no problems with people in cars. Huh. Um, and just, I think of him a lot because it's, it's all what you know and what you deal with. Um, yeah. and yeah, and everyone's going to be annoyed by something. That's interesting. Cause it ties very well into a article that Tim Mooney sent us this week. Oh yeah. In regards to the, 
oh, I'm going to misname the trail or, or make up a trail name here, but a trail in Washington, which seems to suffer that same problem just expressed oh. uh, in terms of bicyclist upon bicyclist aggravation. Um, and, and so it sounds like in the case of this one, um, in, in a similar sense, the, yeah, you'd think that we could all get along on an eight foot trail, but yeah. the, the, that, that actually happening, um, surprisingly, I guess to me <coughs> happens less than I would expect. Was this the, in near Seattle? Or? Uh, this article. So maybe it's not on I, mail for this I'm week. I'm not seeing it. Oh, actually. you're good. I think yeah. maybe Sorry. Brock was sending emails today. Uh, uh, no, we're all good. Allow me to talk about something that isn't in the mail. Uh, <laughs> No, somebody reached out and actually clotheslined an oncoming cyclist oh because they goodness. were annoyed uh, that they were slowing them down or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was uh, like the person ended up in the hospital. It was somebody on a time trial bike, it sounds like, who just reached out and hooked somebody. So uh, story, wow. events still unfolding. But like, hey, you know, uh, I, it's great if you want to do anything on the trail. Just don't hurt other people. Yeah. Let's well, start with that. And I know I know a lot of families who won't use the Burke Gilman Trail because they think it's too fast. Hmm. And I know a lot of roadies who won't ride on it because they think it's too slow. Interesting. Um, right? So that's the thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a multi-use path and you need to be prepared to go walking speed if it's backed up with people walking or dogs or toddlers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and it's scary for different reasons to different people. I have heard complaints from people who walk the 205 trail. Um, and there's even horses on the 205 trail very occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, the Springwater Corridor Trail or is the, the one. Water. Yes. yes, that's that's maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, I like that trail. But uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of complaints of people, you know, that use it as a walking trail and are like, you know, we don't like the cyclists that come use this trail because they're buzzing by too fast. And it is a, it is a thing like when like you're saying when you have a multi-use trail people of all speeds are are using it. And yeah. It's funny cuz this has come up like multi well I mean it will as long as we're human it will continue to yeah, come I up. I suppose so, yeah. But it just seems that the frequency in which it does is a little surprising to me. Yeah. 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 Um 2 years ago um for spring break we went to visit friends in Minneapolis for the week. And the trails there are different. There is a bike path and then space and then a walking path mm-hmm. and it's amazing um and then there, there's room for everyone and they actually go places and um some people use them recreationally but some people use them for commuting and mm-hmm. wouldn't that be nice if we had that here <laughs> some, some <laughs> like very specific paths yeah for whatever your mode happens to yeah. be yeah speaking of nice that. biking cities <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, We're both winners, though. I know yeah. Portland and Minneapolis tend to exchange the the title of top dog. Yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't rode in Minneapolis. In fact, the last time I was in Minneapolis, I think I was like still in high school and not biking at all. So hmm. I would be interested to go there and, and try it out. Well, we had a wonderful week when we went out there. Speaking of comparing cities, <laughs> I don't know if we ever got into what made you decide to move to Portland. Oh, um, maybe not. And uh, yeah, I I just I've always loved Portland um, and Oregon. When, so when I was little, um, we lived in Santa Barbara and my aunt Bianca lived on. Um, well, first she lived in Vancouver and then she moved to Salt Spring Island off of Vancouver in the, the one of the Gulf Islands. Oh, so we would drive up every few summers to go visit. 
and I just loved Oregon. Um, we'd stop in Portland most times or camp, we'd camp along the way. So we always camped right. in Oregon. Um, I didn't particularly like Seattle on the way up. I don't think we camped anywhere in Washington. I think by then it was, you know, from Oregon, we just kind of drive through and maybe stop in Seattle to visit a little bit. And mm. I, I just, I feel at home here. Really? And yeah, yeah. then as adult, an adult. Even then you felt like this. I, ju I just really, really liked it. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then, you know, moving around, uh, you kind of lose your sense of where home is. Um, I, we moved when I was a kid from Santa Barbara up to Northern California to Albany in the East Bay and, um, the day before third grade, which is essentially what I did to my younger son. <laughs> I'm moving here right before school started. Um, and it was horrible. I turned out okay, kid. You'll <laughs> oh, be fine. It, it was the worst day of my life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but but in in his defense, um, I had gone I, in Santa Barbara. I went to an alternative school where we did, you know, a lot of singing and origami and not a lot of traditional type okay. of learning. Right. Um, and then my very first day of third grade, the morning after we had moved and our house wasn't ready. So we were in this really crappy hotel. Um, the teacher who was I think she was like 150 years old. She um, she made us line up boy, girl, boy, girl. So like suddenly boys were scary, whereas they right. hadn't been before. Mm. Um, and we had a spelling test. Which and, you never had to do. Well, we didn't do a lot of spelling, okay. but, um, yeah. you know, I was eager to try. And so we had 10 words and then we got to correct it ourselves. And she said, you know, raise your hand if you missed zero. And a bunch of kids raised their hands. Raise your hand if you missed one. And it went on and on and on. All the way down I, the list? I never got a chance to raise my hand because she didn't say raise your hand if you missed 10. Oh. I missed all of them. Goodness. And, no, yeah. no, you were the one who was honest was the thing. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, those self-correctors, people tend to uh, adjust their score on the fly. Oh, it was yeah. That was a scary day for Goodness. a lot of reasons. Oh yeah, that, oh, totally. that, that sounds, is that totally sounds like horrifying. E. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my brother, he was in first grade. He had to change classes. He had an even scarier experience with real school. Mm. Um, but but yeah, so so we moved around a lot that I never felt a true place of home. I think. Um, and then as an adult, we uh, you know, I, I was in San Diego, so I, I moved back to Santa Barbara for college and hung out there for a while. And then finally, it felt a little too small, so I migrated down to San Diego. Um, and I, I like it. The weather's nice, but you know, it's not, I don't know. It's not as cuddly as some cities and, uh, <laughs> cuddly. <laughs> I don't know. There's it's not as much it's culture missing that warm, uh, fuzzy and feel. there is, but you have to look really, really hard to find okay. some of the, the more cultural stuff. Hmm. Um, you know, then I got married and we moved to Las Vegas, which in retrospect was a very interesting experience. Um, did you cycle in Las Vegas? I did. Oh, okay. I did. Ooh. I, I, so I moved there seven months pregnant. So I, I started biking with a baby. I didn't do any biking before that there. Oh, goodness. Um, and we were actually in the city of Henderson, which has a ton of walking paths. It, I think it was at that point voted like one of the 10 top walking cities in America, which is yes. ridiculous because it's too hot to be outside half the year. <laughs> um, well, but it has that strip where that's all anyone ever does, right? Is they just walk up and down that strip. Oh, but well, that's in like Las Vegas proper. This is oh. like the city of Henderson. Oh, I see. But yeah, but in our little neighborhood, which was called Green Valley Ranch and like had all this, um, greenery which made me feel horrible yeah. they like right, irrigate they the have desert to, yes. um there were all these paths that's so all I california could... water too i'm sure oh yeah. yeah i think i think they ended up doing some xeriscaping and taking out some of the greenery and putting in rocks and okay. and more drought resistant bushes but i i haven't been back since we left 
Um, but, you know, I could ride my beach cruiser with a little baby seat to the library and the swimming pool and the park and the closest casino because that was also where the shopping center was. Interesting. <laughs> like inside the casino itself or was no, it just sort it of had like a, um, an outdoor plaza built oh, okay. around it but it was all part of the district so right. you could gamble while you took care of the staples babies love casinos i feel oh. like i said this last time i was on there's oh, like what? flashing lights oh, really? and loud noises yeah it is wonderful to grow up as a baby in las vegas and we <laughs> I had a car back then so we'd, we'd always go to the strip for um you know we went up the eiffel tower mm-hmm. and the bellagio changed out its flowers seasonally you know I so, loved walking so, along the canals at Venice. Yeah. Hmm. So for so for like your your child's third birthday, did you get them like a pachinko machine? That's we like... left by then. Thank oh, goodness. Okay. We, were, we were only there two <laughs> just, years. I'm just, I, I'm, this baby's loving. I, I can see the flashing and like the shiny glitter thing. Like I'm I'm down for that one too. Oh yeah, yeah. Babies do really like That's toys. Great. That, yeah. Wow. I just hadn't thought about it that way. <laughs> so so really, when you're looking at the dirty underbelly of Las Vegas, it's important to remember that babies like shiny, flashy things. We're all babies in Las Vegas, right? right. Oh, yeah. That's another way of looking at it. Probably, probably truer. But yeah, so then with an 18 month old, um, we moved to Seattle and then I had the second baby. Um, and I mean, I, I like Seattle. I feel like I gave it the old college try for eight years and I just didn't feel like I could fit in there. I tried very, Mm. very hard. I found. I mean, eight years ain't nothing, right? Yeah. I found a lot of wonderful people there, mostly through biking. Uh-huh. Um, but the and you know, part of this is probably due to the neighborhood I lived in. So I don't want to say like all of Seattle is hard and all of Portland is easy because I see <laughs> right. signs that say things like "Save the historic district in places in Portland," which remind me a lot of my mm. old neighborhood in Seattle. Oh, yeah? Um. And I just like my day to day, there were so many interactions with just mean people there. Mm. And I don't have that here. And interesting. That is why I prefer Portland. <laughs> so, and, 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 um, excuse me if, if this is something I shouldn't point out, but I think we talked about this a few months maybe after or before you moved, but you were coming down to Portland relatively often. Uh, from seattle correct yeah okay so you were you were kind of like feeling that out but it was it was already like before you were here this was already your home oh i guess i mean i didn't know i was moving until Mm -hmm. you know shortly before we moved but um i love i've always loved visiting here Mm -hmm. was seattle chosen because of the biking or was that no my my ex-husband his job um moved him there right okay so and then his job was going to move him to Chicago. So we spent a while pretending we were going to move to Chicago and then a while actually planning to move to Chicago. And then he decided he didn't want to move to Chicago, um, which I, I don't know if the weather or just like the different lifestyle there would have been harder for me. We visited right. once and, and I had a great time. Um, and but the thing is, I'd been in Seattle for too long by that point <laughs> with the, the yeah. Seattle freeze. And used to people being so mean that I was caught off guard by how friendly everyone was in Chicago. I think, I mean, it counts as like the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, well, yeah, it's the Midwest. People were very, very friendly there. That's so funny. Um, I'm just trying to wonder, I, gosh, I'm trying to picture Maddie in Chicago and, cause the bike in, in my view of you, like the bike is so central to how you 
not just get around, but just like how you experience the world. Well, thanks to and, the wonder of the internet, I know a lot of people who live car free in Chicago. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And yeah, Chicago is actually pretty decent for bike infrastructure. Yeah. But, I mean, we're talking eight to 10 years ago. I'm uh, just wondering, you know, how that would have turned oh, out. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Would that, yeah, would, would you have decided? I don't know. Or maybe I should ask this question. How, by the time you were moving to Seattle, or Chicago in this. In well, this so the Chicago past. would have only been like four years yeah. ago or five right. years ago. How committed to the biking lifestyle, so to speak, uh, were you at that time? Um, well, we were, I mean, we were biking for fun and I still uh -huh. bike for fun. I had a car um, and I don't think I'd really thought about getting rid of it. I, I'm very, very slow to change. I would probably still have my car if my ex-husband hadn't taken it when he left, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think I wouldn't. So, right. And and I talked a lot about being car light and practicing for right. like not having a car, you know, starting like mm -hmm. seven years ago. Um, but like actually making the change yeah. and not having the car wasn't something I physically did myself. Right, right. So, um, sometimes it's like nice. I, I almost feel like, I guess in a sense, you're you're handed an opportunity in a way, um, because my experience of going carless uh, until somewhat recently uh, when I met Jane was very similar. It was that like I had the car because that's what you did in Salem. You got a car and then you drove it to places. Yeah. But moving to college, they were like, nope, that's staying with Marika. Because I basically they, they, they got a car so I could drive my sister to early morning band practice, <laughs> uh, which was fine in its own respect. Um, but that it just never would have happened. Like I would be a completely different person today. Yeah. Had that car gone with me to college. And it's just kind of scary to think about it looking back how that could have gone. But I feel like sometimes it's, it's like, it's, it's not, not a blessing in disguise, but it's just like, yeah, wow, that wouldn't have gone that way, but I'm really glad it did. What a lovely way to look at it. But yeah, I, th I mean, I could have gone car free so much earlier than mm -hmm. I did. And, and I know married couples where, one really is car free and never drives, but the spouse has a car and it's not cheating. Mm -hmm. It's they, you know, sometimes they drive together, but the, the one person truly is car free. Right. Um, so I, I could have made myself like that or, mm -hmm. um, gotten rid of the car altogether. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back, back to Portland, moving here is pretty much the only decision I've ever made for myself in my adult life. So really? Yeah. I, I feel like that's so hard to believe. Yeah. I'm a pretty indecisive. <laughs> if you couldn't guess. I, what, what did you I have cannot. for breakfast this morning? <laughs> the kids leftover oatmeal. <laughs> what kind of question right. is that for a mom? All right. And the crusts I cut off my younger son's that sandwich. Is, that is actually one of the benefits of having a child or children. <laughs> As as an uncle who who's been like a, a sort of an on call au pair, like having my nieces leftovers was was sort of the that's a good thing. Yes, the 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 side benefit of of watching. I mean, <laughs> she, she's wonderful, and I I loved hanging out with her when she was a child too. But also got the crust. Yeah, I I don't know that I think that's a, a bonus, but okay. <laughs> what a wonderful way to look at it. <laughs> Turning dogfish into sharks. Right. <laughs> There's right. the new saying. Every single day, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that. I don't pedal, know, like, gonna pull know, that pedal back sit, out of my we'd mouth. We'd sit down for lunch, and like you know, I'd have my lunch, she'd have hers, but she'd always leave a little bit, so I got a little bit extra. Okay. <laughs> 
So moving to Portland for you in in that it being your own choice, you're you're feeling very good with that. It yeah, sounds. yeah. I um yeah. This is our first spring here, so we moved mid August. So I'm seeing what yeah, um like flowers are in the yard, lights of the sun, <laughs> and then you had to go through winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in Seattle, we moved the day before um, Thanksgiving into a snowstorm. Oh, and right. everyone said, oh, it doesn't normally snow like this. And I didn't believe them. But it turns out it doesn't normally <laughs> right. snow like that. But yeah, and so then you August came is to better. Portland and then it snowed. <laughs> well, so we had two good weeks before uh, school started. And uh-huh. well, I came down to visit a year ago during the snow that was so horrible. Mm-hmm. So I saw that the iced over for 10 days. Oh, right. And and I think there were 10 um, snow days from school, and yes. I would have lost it if I had <laughs> lived through that. In Seattle, we had one snow day. Just like here, there was one snow day. Mm-hmm. But that was a big difference between here and Seattle. We had to bike like two miles, over two miles, to find a hill to sled down. Oh. You know, in Seattle, you just go out your front door. There's a hill right there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Portland problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's not... There's not enough snow for my snow sledding day. <laughs> Except for last year, there was plenty. Oh, yeah. When So when I came down, um, I think I was already thinking about moving. Um, so I planned to come down, but then it was so icy. I took my mountain bike thinking I'd fall less. And I probably did mm. fall less, but I fell a lot. And so Pixie was in my backpack, and she didn't oh. notice all the falls. Oh, really? Yeah, well, it's probably cool. better for her in the backpack yeah. than in the basket. Right. Um. And I didn't do any extra writing around <laughs> right. or exploring. Just what you needed to do, <laughs> yeah. and that was it. Yeah, I slid around a lot too. I I never mastered the what you called the tripod. tripod. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's all about the tripod. And then once it ices over, it doesn't matter. Like. What oh yeah, it, it was so yeah. icy. Yeah. yeah. That it can sometimes turn into the flail pod. So that's that's a different story. <laughs> I don't I don't know if we ever answered this or if we just sort of danced around the question, but. You moved to Portland specifically for the bike infrastructure or the bike infrastructure was a part of your decision? Huh. Um, I mean, it was a big part of the my decision. For one thing, I, you know, I couldn't move too far away from Seattle. Um, my brother and my dad both live in Los Angeles. I've never, I always have to follow that up with, but I've never lived in, I've never lived in Los Angeles. I do love visiting Los Angeles, but I've never She's lived there. She's from California. Get her out. Get her out of here. I, I don't know how to say, I have to pause before I say it right. I five. I say the, the five. five. Um, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's huh. how you can tell a California because yep. they say the five. The five. But I'll, I also, um, moving here, I knew I'd be better off telling people I moved from Seattle rather than I was a Californian, because they'd take me under their wing and feel right. sorry mm. for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor thing. You had to live through that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of trouble being happy in Seattle. Uh-huh. And um, my ex-husband's still up there. So, you know, I bring the kids up to see him once a month. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, being car-free, moving f- farther than here would have been difficult. But also, I, I just love it here. Yeah. Um, and I did not love it there. And I, you know, I tried for eight years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, one of the things I love here is the bike infrastructure, but I, I just, I love the city, just yeah. the people. And you, um, had, I mean, you had a pretty good circle of friends before you came here too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, I think part of it too is like, you know, I'd come here to visit, so I'd have to pack every single thing into like the weekend. So oh, I think that right. made it even more fun. Like, mm-hmm. cause I could spend a weekend like that at home in Seattle when that was home. 
and like do everything in one weekend and probably make it feel a little more exciting, like how Portland was for me during visits. Hmm. Um, but it, it was just a little more than that. Yeah. You know, my neighbors here are nice. My neighbors in Seattle were assholes, you know, <laughs> the, I mean, just the school community here, mm-hmm. um, which also might just be the luck of the draw, which school we ended up there. Mm. It's so lovely. Everyone there is so nice. I love the kids' teachers. I, I love their teachers at their old school, but it was just a different vibe. Mm. Um, there is a lot of emphasis on education as a priority in this city, more so than most other cities I've seen or have been in uh, when I was in Pittsburgh, like the education uh, system was talked about like just sort of as a side note, mm-hmm. like it seems here, like there's a lot more investment in the schools as an idea, as a, as an actual financial investment, <laughs> maybe not so much. Yeah. It's, I mean, you get into there, the nitty gritty, gritty of it, but all things considered, it's quite good. Yeah. I, it seems to be like a, more upfront in the public consciousness mm-hmm. here than than in many other cities I've been to. Mm. Yeah. This is where um, I just always feel trapped in so much of a microcosm because yeah. I grew up around here, so <laughs> I, I just you, I didn't get that experience of growing up somewhere else. And so one one enjoyable thing about it is uh, seeing the parts that are different for people in every way, I guess, um, because it it's interesting to see the parallels between my growing up and then also like perception from outside. I didn't know that we had great schools <laughs> and, 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 and I like know, I always like, knew that we did, but I didn't know like how bad it or how good it was in comparison. Cause I, right. I mostly heard the griping growing up without, oh, without okay. any of the else. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. I don't know that the, the quality of the schools is that much different here versus Seattle, but I would say the quality of, the parents at my school here or not oh, the yeah. quality, but how nice they are. And well, and you keep so coming back to this word. Like, I need that. I need, I need nice people in my life. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just feel like, you know, it's smaller here. People to, to go compare it to the way people drive here versus the way people drive in Seattle. I've always just felt like a Seattle, Everyone needs to get somewhere faster and they don't really care about the people around them because it's like the big fancy city. And mm-hmm. I don't know, people drive slower here, which I feel like last time on the show, I think you were saying that it's a yeah. Portland thing, how slow some people drive. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I like that. I, I'm i all for slow driving. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's... I know I know it's not perfect. And um, but I see like people honor do not enter except for bicycle signs here more than they do in Seattle hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say that like there should be actual physical diverters to keep cars out because cars are going to go through. Right. If they drivers can, will go drivers, through. Yes. <laughs> With their cars. The cars are just there for the ride. <laughs> but, um, but it, it's different to, it's to a different degree here. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so, so it's May. Yes. Tomorrow or yesterday, depending on <laughs> what universe you're in. Um, or two days ago, which maybe, is uh, depending on when I edit this and get it out there. Yeah. Walk and bike challenge month. So, yes. um, but so, so I'm organizing that for our school because no one oh, else cool. was. And there are people volunteering to help and it's amazing and everyone's so nice. And, um, it's going to be really fun. And that is not the experience I had in the past. Uh. So I'm excited about that. 
and the the resources that Peabot has on their website are amazing. Um, I just noticed the <laughs> shout the, out to Timo, by the way, <laughs> the copies of the the tally sheet I made, I think might be last year's because the dates and the day of the month is wrong. So I'm going to have to I hung I spent an hour this morning hanging up tally sheets outside every single classroom with a little pencil and a string next oh, yeah. to them. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go in a little early and with a Sharpie and <laughs> change the uh. days in front of every classroom. So, um, you know, things I should have noticed ahead of time. But uh, it's it's great that they have they have like tons of different ways to tally it and prizes and there's a bike fairy who comes. Hmm. I don't know I don't know what the bike fairy deal is. I don't, is. I don't think anyone knows. I remember two years ago there was a safe routes to school um, on. It was to a different school, but on the bus route that I was driving, we crossed paths and I stopped and someone came by and gave me. A safe routes to school champion ribbon because I stopped for the whole. For the someone whole from the city. Oh, nice. Well, someone whoever was part of uh-huh. like escorting that safe routes Aww. to school and those mm. kids, and I cherish that. Yeah, yeah. So I can't wait for you to hand out those things <laughs> to other people. Oh, I that's should... true. My box of stuff should be at school. Yeah. Yeah. There's just such satisfaction in stopping for people. I find it's way more pleasant than not stopping for yes. people. Like I just. <laughs> I guess I just don't get that interaction. Like, yeah, you got there a little faster, but you're at the light you would have been at anyway. And now you just look like a jerk. It's it's so pleasant to just be like, sure, I've got you. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> Go for it. Um. So before we end the interview proper, this is going to be your first summer, like as a Portland resident. My first June. Your first June. Is that what you're getting at? A, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you've done Petalpalooza events. Last year was the first time I went to a couple of them. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I just assumed you would come down for no, a few of them. No, I never made there. it down okay. in June before. So have you have you looked at the calendar yet? I'm seeing some Facebook events come through. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, there is my older son has been wanting to ride his bike naked for so <laughs> long. Oh, man. <laughs> I only oh, noticed man. one of the naked guys at the end of the Lads 500, but I hear there were two. Is there a name for that? Is that like a hot lap? Uh, I, I feel like I heard no, someone shouting something. A hot lap something. is something else. I, oh. I don't know. I I just assumed it That's it what was Strava calls the, the segment there. Oh, so really? I don't, I don't feel like I'm saying a naughty term. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I, you're good. A hot lap was just like, is just like, you know, you, you do a circle. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I don't know, is, actually. That is ever narrowing or ever speeding up. Oh. oh. And so you keep doing it, and eventually, like you know, you're leaning into the turn enough to where, like, you'll huh. you're at risk of losing balance. Oh my goodness! Spinning out. That sounds yeah. really fun. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I should try that sometime. Not naked though. Think of the scrapes. Uh, no. <laughs> the road rash. <laughs> um, so, back to my original question. Yes, <laughs> your your first June as a resident, you have looked up. What is some of the rides that you are looking forward to for? Oh, in well. Our- our June pedal pedal palooza bike festival. So the kickoff ride has like what two thousand people on it, right? It's well, World Naked is definitely the most popular. Is that okay? Well, those but two. So we'll do the kickoff as far ride as for as sure. Populated maybe is the better term, <laughs> but um, yeah, the kickoff ride is usually one of the more uh, loud and lit. Is another one that is like usually higher populated. Yeah, 
Wow. Yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine <laughs> a ride of that magnitude. Man, if you just go to the kickoff, I've. By the way, for the record, I've missed every kickoff ride. Are you going to miss this so, one? And the kickoff part, it's kind of like a sleeper, though. Like you don't know. Sometimes you don't know you've missed it until you're like, oh shit, I missed it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just it's not. I don't. I don't. It gets fanfare, but it just for the size that it is, I feel like gets less fanfare than it deserves. Oh, most definitely. By the way, in this year, it's led by Maria Schur. Oh, nice. The legend herself. Um, so, you know, if you can make it, great. I It's on a weekday, and I have to work the next day. I think I would like to just show up for the beginning, though. Yeah, just to you should see, do that. Like this. Be counted. The, the, make it yes. 2001, people. <laughs> just the, the vast amounts of people. It's so... It's, so encouraging to see that many people like on a on a group ride you know the frustrations of of getting all those people from point a to point b c and whatever all that aside like it's just so encouraging to see that many people yeah. all at once on bicycles mm-hmm. but anyway so kickoff so, yeah. ride Kickoff and, ride, world naked bike ride. Um, I I don't even know what else. Yeah. Um, oh. everything looks good. We're gonna have to c- get you back in, like as a post pedal palooza wrap up. And oh like, my, yeah, yes. Well, I mean, no yeah. one, no one's Armando but Armando. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah, is it even course. worth talking to anyone else about pedal palooza? <laughs> of course it is. There's more than one perspective in existence here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to think of our listener who often writes in. We find ourselves uh, equivocating about this or that, and uh-huh. and they always write in and just say, "It's okay, you do you." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, yes, thank you. That was a good reminder. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, hey, also new. Sorry, yes. since I was here last um, seven long weeks ago, I, I'm now the uh, co-director of Critical Mass. That's so, right. Yeah. So yes. I felt like, you know, we moved and um, yeah, I had a little adjustment trouble that I hadn't expected. Um, and so I felt like I kind of just kind of rested for six months, kind of rested on my laurels, didn't really reach out and do anything. But then, yeah, the bike Portland column started and critical mass mm-hmm. relaunched because they they usually take a hiatus over the winter right um and i i got to lead the easter ride right uh, which was, was amazing 150 people showed up Holy wow. they had expected like 80 well <laughs> after talking about metal palooza that doesn't sound like that many oh no because <laughs> okay so this is the thing with pedal palooza is like you can have rides that are like thousands strong and then you can have rides that are like eight yeah and all of them are amazing and great yep. in their own right absolutely you know yeah and sometimes like the ones that are that are just eight people strong like are even more fun because you get to know those people a little mm-hmm. bit more anyways that's but yeah all so that th- pontificating aside so yeah there were 150 people on it um it was super fun it was cold and still people came it even drizzled a little at the beginning um there's Sarah, um, the my co-director. She hit the eggs at the end um, at Arbor Lodge Park. So it always goes. Oh, I don't know if it always goes, but it's in um, North Portland, Northeast Portland, uh, Overlook Park. I should North know these. <laughs> still, no. Overlook, uh, North Portland. North. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, it's fr- it's further west than MLK. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. Vancouver. Yeah, Williams. totally. So, so yes. um, so it goes from Overlook to Arbor Lodge Park three miles, um, which is, you know, the normal length of a critical mass ride. And it was amazing. I, I thought it might take us 
I think an hour. It took us 50 minutes, you know, so we totally beat my time. I'd estimate it. (laughs) (laughs) They they ran out of eggs at the end, though. So next year, Sarah's going to hide a thousand eggs. Were there crying children? I don't think so. I think so. I think there were just like maybe one or two eggs. And I had some like emergency lollipops. Mm -hmm. Um, Penny um, Poole did balloon twisting. So that was she did the whole thing on a unicycle. Right. Yeah. Nice. I think they maybe meant to bring her bike, but they didn't. So she had to do all three miles on a unicycle. Oh and at the gosh. end, I asked her, I'm like, what, what was it like doing the whole thing on the unit on a unicycle? She's like, oh, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, inevitably, there's going to be some hills. It's not like super steep. Yeah. But... Well, and we do the um, the little coils up over. I think it's over going, which is busy yes. at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's hard going up that and, and it backs yeah. up. So, I mean, I was lucky leading the ride. I got to be first. So I just like zoomed up and over right. to get out of everyone's way and take yeah. pictures as they mm. came. But yeah, most people were forced to walk it because yeah. it was so bunched up. Um, but it's a good uh, problem to have. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, anything else you would like to promote? Oh, mention? I am. Um, I'm going to lead a critical mass ride on Mother's Day, which is Cyclofemme, oh. Sunday, May 13th. Um, and that, that's actually, I just said like critical mass rides are three miles. This one's going to be 10 miles. So for critical mass, it's going to be epic. Wow. Um, there's going to be a break at a park in the middle. Um, there's, uh, I think it didn't, I must have typed something wrong because it's not on the shift calendar yet, which is okay. for more than just pedal palooza. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be mentioned <laughs> yes, in, tom- in my, um, <laughs> latest bike Portland column. There's a Facebook event for it for sure. And tonight or, Two nights ago, <laughs> I will put it on the um, criticalmasspdx.org website. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, that'll be fun. And it's for it's um, for everyone, um, but mostly about moms. Hmm. Was that something that came about through a, like, voicing of wanting to have a longer ride? Or, or do folks, for the most part, feel pretty good with the three miles there? Um, I think someone's always going to complain about something. Sure. sure. Uh, that, but... Those those people aside, it does. It, I mean, guess, I guess what I mean is, do, do you think um, critical mass might be trending towards slightly longer? Or is this no, sort of a one time? No, this is just okay. me because it's mother's day and I want to ride my bike and mm-hmm. I want to do a loop and I want to have two bridges and, and you're leading the ride. This, dang it. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And hopefully nice. a bunch of people will still show up. Yeah. Um, and it will be a learning experience. We'll see. <laughs> I was going to say, how excited are your kids to do this 10-mile ride? Oh, I'll probably end up carrying one or both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but they know we'll that, see. so it's okay. Right on. But we'll go slow. I mean, you know, the whole thing will probably be like five miles an hour, if not oh, yeah. less. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're, you're planning on like taking the day of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for coming in. Thank and, you. Yeah. Great to have Thank you. Thank you for moving to Portland. I love it here. I love, I love, I love, I love don't don't ever use that. The second Thursday of every month, the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. The last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. And every second Sunday of every month in PDX, the Corvidai Bike Club Ride. Yes. Uh, May 4th through 6th. Hey, that's like this weekend. What Filled by bike. Come check it out. It's going to be great. And May 5th, Grilled by Bike Cinco de Mayo celebration led by Mr. Eric Iverson. By the way, have you noticed Mr. Eric Iverson's new acquisition? I've not. From Clever Cycles? No. Yeah. This is 
Is it an Instagram app? This is like bike gossip here. Oh, okay. Do you know? Have you seen his new bike? Did you ride? (laughs) Oh, what color is it? So Clever Cycles was getting, they had acquired, and then, no, it's not. (laughs) I don't even know if it's steel, honestly. Uh, They had acquired, I don't know how, um, this bike that the pedals, like, is like a stair climber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Uh the, I, I call them, like, climb a stair as you go forward but look like you're biking bikes yeah i don't i don't know like what uh if there's a name for them Mm. maybe stair climber bike i don't know yeah or like a kinetic bike or something like that maybe anyways they had this for a while been sitting on it couldn't sell it couldn't sell it couldn't sell it and Mm. you know um so Good old they Iverson. Thought, they thought, one you, know, the you know who would love you know who would love a bike like this? Oh. Mr. Eric Iverson. And so he's now acquired this. Nice. Yeah. To to his credit, I have seen a couple around town. They, oh, for real? they are the rare unicorn, but they're around. All right. Well, now we know somebody who has a unicorn. I want to ride Eric's unicorn bike. He was giving rides at uh or like allowing people to ride oh. over at Apex the other day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, anyways, I don't think he'll have a grill on that for the ride, but I am interested mm. to see what he does with this bike. Um anyways, onto the calendar. <laughs> May twelfth, we have the Mashley Scavenger Hunt ride. May sixteenth, Santa Cruz, California, Ride of Silence from Gregory Braithwaite. Gregory, we've got a postcard slash piece of mail headed your direction. For real this time. Literally sitting in front of me. May 17th, Oh My Dollar book release. And on May 19th, the DC bike ride. June 2nd, the Gifford Gravel 50 ride with GPS route. In comments. And June 2nd, the Wiser River ride. June 16th, Ravello Third anniversary wing ding barbecue beverages with details to follow at 12 p.m. And I think the details are it's at Ravello at 12 p.m. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and, and if you're currently pulling a pedal out of your mouth, why not do so while pedaling on a pedal pedal of pedaling <laughs> mouth pedal uh, things? Shoot, that doesn't rhyme. Join us for the pedal pedal. On June 23rd. I couldn't have said it better myself. August 19th, the Portland Century. September 2nd, Tour de Lab. September 8th through 9th, the Bike MS-150. And September 22nd, the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race. In Lowell, Massachusetts. Hey, speaking of film by bike, here's some upcoming film by bike dates. We already mentioned the 4th through the 6th. Also in Albany, New York, July 22nd, Seattle and Vancouver, Washington gonna be happening sometime soon dates to be determined arcata california in november of 2018 and bendigo australia october of 2018 and speaking of bendigo guess who i talked with today a fellow named bend no oh <laughs> uh, i had i had to take some sort maybe of. maybe i should have said speaking of australia ah, what i should have said yes you spoke to australia Yes, I no. Our our, our friend uh David Robinson. Oh, and, great. Uh, we've we've booked him on the show to talk about his adventures in Australia. So, Fantastic. look forward to that coming up soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that was our And on a slightly less cheeky note for this evening, now for 
can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. From Medium.com, Portland's residential infill projects still have major flaws, housing advocates say. This article by Michael Anderson. Um, and this article is, is quite a long one, but to, to summarize, it's talking about how some of the uh, steps that are being taken towards rectifying or, or making residential infill policy the best it can be are potential missteps also along the way. Um, and so the article goes through to summarize, or, or as it's stated in the article, according to its own analysis, Portland is about to overhaul its entire low density zoning code to legalize small homes and then make it financially unlikely that a meaningful number of smaller homes would get built. Oh. No, that's bad. Exactly. Yes, a, a, a swing and a and a let's see. So <laughs> the priorities identified um, in the article talk in, in regards to working uh, against this uh, sort of trend, if you will. One, to let buildings with more homes be bigger than buildings with fewer homes. Two, to let buildings with cheaper homes be bigger than buildings with expensive homes. And three, to apply its benefits everywhere, not just towards structures built west of Interstate 205. <laughs> yes. And also, as a final note, to stop prioritizing parking over housing. Yeah. And we've talked about this one before. So I was actually thinking about this today uh, in relation to, I mean, this, this very street right outside our studio here. You know, it's not super narrow, but when you have cars parked on either side of of the street it gets rather right. narrow yeah it's essentially a, a one lane street um which isn't terrible in that like it forces people to go slow but the reason why there's so much on street parking is because a lot of these houses are built not just without garages but without any kind of space to pull your car into yeah no setback right and mm. you know again like that's totally cool because the original design was like that you weren't going to like have your car here. Like the original design was you live here, you walk to wherever you need to go or you mm -hmm. take transit to go out further to wherever you need to go. Yeah. Um, and the unfortunate thing is, is, you know, in our mindset, car is still the default mode of transportation. And so, yeah, you, you end up what? what we're looking at out, outside right now. Yes. It, and I think that it's going to be a, a very interesting transition and i think that i hope that that yeah. transition will continue to occur but uh yeah just the ubiquity of cars in society is is quite frankly um it's so astonishing we just don't think about it that much anymore <laughs> you know it's kind of one of those those right. catch 22s i'm sure this has been discussed by other people smarter than me uh but you know the sort of buzz of, of peak oil and whether or not that's actually happened or Hubbard's when it's peak. going to happen. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I, I often wonder if we've reached peak automobile hmm. already. Yeah. You know? Well, um, that is kind of, a, that, that's an interesting point because um, I would have thought yes. And then electric cars came along. And ah. so now it's like, we're, maybe we're reaching peak, transition oil who knows it's it's interesting <laughs> well it has less to do with the fact that like you know whatever it runs on it's mm -hmm. just that we have way more cars than than we know what to do with i sure. think 
you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's just me pontificating again. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Pontificate away. Um, and, and we will have a chance to actually have Michael in yes. for a session uh, towards the middle part of May. Um, we also had heard that there are some plans that are coming up in regards to residential infill policy and that the comment period, I think, also ends on May 15th. And so I'll try. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, you'll be actually hearing Michael after this has happened, um, which is our way, or I guess my way of saying, if you are interested in doing something or becoming more engaged in this process, you have a really great two-week window to make a significant change. So in that regard, if you're looking to submit for public comment, um, I think we'll be able to put the link there on the website, but take a look through and uh, yeah, let the city know your thoughts one way or the other. It's great to get that feedback and it would be great for them to hear from you. The best democracies are participatory democracies. It, make your voice heard. Absolutely. Don't just vote. Voting is great, but there's many other things we can do. <clears throat> Anyways. Next up, a bike fun library is in the works just in time for Pedalpalooza. Have you seen this, by the way? I just came across this article today. This is so No, cool. I have not. Um, members of the public could more easily organize their own Pedalpalooza ride or bike fun rides if they had access to a bike ride equipment library where oh, they God. could borrow for free. That's a great a idea. Bed trailer, sound system, disco ball batteries, and radio transmitter. Furthermore, if they receive training on how to welcome women and other underrepresented groups, they could help create a more inclusive bike community and address factors that discourage these groups from participation. Mm-hmm. We will soon create the bike fun library and we need your help to make it happen you can help by donating equipment or money to our gofundme campaign to buy the equipment and this uh sorry did i mention this came to us from bikeportland.org it uh <laughs> sorry no you're Maybe good i didn't uh, i'm reading it yeah, so anyways. i knew that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this came to us from from bikeportland.org this is this is really cool um there are tool libraries throughout the city if you need to like you know do some like home renovations or or simple fixes mm-hmm. and you know you don't have a circular saw or even a uh pipe wrench yeah or or, or even 40 bucks to go spend a home depot to rent it for the afternoon <laughs> right you right know, there's, so there's there's community lending libraries yes and so they sort of whoever came up with this idea is sort of took that and, and mm-hmm. ran with like, yeah, let's have a bike fun library. Yeah. Um, I like it. I'm excited to yeah, see that. Yeah. And so they have a GoFundMe campaign to get it started. Um, they're really not asking for much. I'm going to see if I can grab that link real quick. I can't. Um, I think it's, it's pretty reasonable. Um, so we'll leave that. We'll have that link um, on our website, but um uh, well, yeah, it's I'm a really... 500. <laughs> okay, you found it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, oh, so it's, it's, as of this recording, it's already funded. It's already funded. <laughs> That's great. Excellent. Uh, I can't wait to see this like come to fruition. Although I'm sure if you donated more, they'd be able to get a of much course. louder sound system. <laughs> hint, hint, nod, nod. Um, well, that brings us to the end of our news. Yes. But do you know what we still have some great pieces from? Uh, I should really have something to say at this point. We've got... We got mail. Hey, we got mail. We got a lot of... 
Oops. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> Sorry. It is um, all good. So this is a bit of a somber piece from listener Ivor, and I apologize. Vincenzoni. Vincenzoni. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah, there it is in, in phonetics. Thank you so much. Uh, he says, we, greetings, we fellow bikers. I love your show and listen to it while cycling in Holland. In Holland, we're legit. We can we can put away our microphones. We're done now. Mic we've, drop. We've reached yes. We've reached the peak of the mountain. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this is actually really somber, and that's why I'm probably like making a joke out of everything. <clears throat> uh, here's a news article you might find uh, interesting, um, or you might not. But here it is in Dutch, and the English translation is. Um, I'm going to try to summarize it because it's pretty long. Uh, for the first time in in Holland here, uh, more people have died on bikes than in cars, according to the uh, Dutch Central Bureau of Statistics. Last year, 613 people died in traffic, cars, motorbikes, scooters, pedestrians. In 2016, it was 629. Holland has a population of 17 million. That's uh, 501 per square meter. There are... 22.8 million bikes, uh, 1.9 million of those are e-bikes. Um, from those 613 people, 206 were riding a bike, and that's the highest number in 10 years. Mm. Um, the article goes on to talk about um, one of the main causes, or not causes, but main factors, uh, being uh, e-bikes. And that two thirds of those of that two hundred six uh, were people over sixty five years old, um, and it uh, it does go go back and say it, it's not necessarily because they were um, losing control of the bike. Like there are other factors. Yeah, uh, these are involved. So, so um, uh, I guess another way of also um, considering this is that perhaps some of these increased numbers are through also and a continued increase in the rate of cycling. Yeah. Um, and and there was, we don't get the total numbers from the article, but that, that I, I would say is a factor to consider. Yeah. And that was something that I was kind of thinking when I was first reading this was like, you know, I mean, any, any death in traffic is, is bad. Um, but maybe the sign of more, more people, this is terrible, but I don't know any yeah, other way I, I, of 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 wording this. But maybe, maybe the sign of more people die dying the, in bikes than on cars is that there's just that many more people riding bikes than driving. Yeah, or it could have an interplay. Like there could also there there could be an increase. I guess what it means to say is with this article, it's a little bit hard to tell which is causing what. Right, and so um, would first like to offer uh condolences to all of those 613 <laughs> sure. people yes um, because yes. again with vision zero no amount of death on our roadways it should be an acceptable amount and so um on that side of it it's incredibly tragic that we're still losing that many people per year and then perhaps also on that same breath um if that is caused by an increase in cycling overall not to say it's the lesser of two evils but perhaps that's also a sign of better things happening overall right there. Did I capture That's, it there? Yes, Slightly. that is that is way better worded than okay. <laughs> than <that happens. laughs> I, think, I I felt like I yes. felt like that's maybe where um, we were going. Yes. Well, thanks for sending that in, Ivor. That um, 
Yes. I'm, I'm glad you, you felt the need to do that. And, yeah. And thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very uh, much appreciate it. And we hope to hope to hear from you again. Yes. Um, this up from listener Jason S. World's first chopper with an adjustable ride height. And do you have that? I chance? do not. Okay. I am unable to bring that up either. <laughs> let's, let's take a look here. It's funny. I just... Let's get a timestamp and let's let's oh, yeah, let's uh, intentionally make a cut here. One thirty. Thank you. <laughs> yes. No, it was in my head to to definitely like. Oh, totally. Edit this just part. just so that if you're hearing this on air and you're like, "Gee, guess what? Guthrie and Aaron missed this week." What one? One thirty. Cut out babble. <laughs> Rabble. Perfect. Uh, so here we go. Oh, okay. That makes so much more sense now. It's like a kick-up. Oh, holy yeah. cow! Yeah, that that first the three, whole the three frame, seconds like... that's buffering is actually the only three <laughs> seconds we need to understand that's, this. Yes, bike. wow. That's pretty cool. It's like I I want to cruise for a little while and lay low. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I want to get up and see the action. Boom. Yeah. Or wow. like I'm behind a um a Maserati. I can see over this just fine. Oh, now I'm behind a Toyota. I guess I should go into hi- uh adjustable height mode. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Oh man. That's wow. a pretty cool invention. That's like um it's kind of like a swing bike but on the vertical axis. In yes. a sense. Yeah. Oh. Eric, I know what to do with your with your uh Stair stepping bicycle frame. Chop it in half and put some springs on that. <laughs> All right. And next up, we have from our executive producer a hashtag humble brag from Brock Didis. Hey, Sprocket Podcast. It's Brock, and uh, I'm sending mail to the Sprocket Podcast. I just finished Day Rond. Uh, it wasn't the actual Day Rond event day, although I hear it's canceled every year. But, uh, yeah, I, I rode the route. It was like 50 miles, but I made a bunch of wrong turns, and so I did more like 55 or something. I'm riding the max now from downtown Portland back to close to my house. But, man, oh, man, what a ride. It's like 7,000 feet of climbing on the route, and I think I did about 8,000, again, because of the wrong turns. But uh, now the yellow line light rail's taking me home, and... Uh, well, I might do it again someday. We'll see. <laughs> Have a good one. You too, Brock. Man, I don't know where all that energy comes from. Yeah, because if you look at that route, and I assume we can probably <laughs> grab a photo. It, oh, if yeah. You, if I, you could, handed, I could put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah to, I think so. Like, my impression of that route, at first I thought he was joking, and then I looked it up, and then I was like, hmm, this would be if you handed a. Th- like a three-year-old, a topo map of Portland and a yes. red crayon and just said, go for it. Like, that's kind of what this route looks like. Um, it's, it's, it's twisty, windy, turny, turvy, hill climby, descendy in all <laughs> of the ways that might drive a person mad. Yes. From listener Jeremy Mendelson, we have, um, if you ever want to discuss bikes on bus racks, feel free to debate whether the attached photo is a good idea. Oh, 
and also a photo of my bus at the Grand Canyon before I unfolded the bike. That's always a good idea. Best thing about the <laughs> charters is I get paid to ride my bike. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that the method included in our mail is absolutely appropriate. And that also, if you're ever in doubt, if you're the charter operator, you can just say, this relies on my judgment. <laughs> therefore, this is yes. the right decision. <laughs> Somebody else's charter, maybe not. But your charter, that's 100% the right decision 100% of the time, Jeremy. Uh, I'm having trouble finding that particular picture mm, it's a uh, it's a photo of a brompton on the front of a bike sort of folded out similar to how the city buses roll and so i think maybe the the, the question in it was um is this a great idea because it oh. uh, with the wheel size of the bromptons the traditional securing mechanisms of said racks don't really line up the way that they should no uh, but it looks like he came up with a way perhaps to have the bar which would typically capture the front wheel of the bicycle to go over the frame of it uh, and, or, or perhaps I'm just looking incorrectly here, but I, I think it looks like a totally legit way. Um, and in fact, I would say that I've seen so many less legit ways work in so many different fashions um, that this is actually towards the top of the crop and far as far as uh, good securing uh, methods go. I guess, I guess time will be the great teller of tales. <laughs> uh, let us know how it's working a couple months from now. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, I, okay, so I don't see the picture. I'm having trouble picking it up, but um, I'm really, I would be tentative. I want to see what this looks like now because there's, there's this instinct in me to, to kind of like want to be like, I don't know if you want to do that with your folding bike. Let's see but, if I can pull it up here. Also, as mail, we have from listener Ethan Georgie. Hey, party people. Really enjoyed the Lads 500 coverage. Great to hear Brock's voice. Listened to No More Highways While Riding the Bus Home. Hat tip to my employer who pays bus fare. Oh, nice. Booyah. Then doing dishes. Spooky moment there when Guthrie called it. <laughs> yes. Anytime. I, I don't know what I called. Because uh, you mentioned listening while doing the dishes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. I, I'd hope that was what I was calling. Um, great work. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for listening. And speaking of thank you for listening. We've reached the end. We've reached the end. And thank you for making it all the way to this point. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Melengard. Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar, Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon. John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division. Josh Sisson, Richard G., Guthrie Straw, who's sitting right next to me. 
Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regranary. Campsite Mac Nurse David Nathan Poulton. Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Florney. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Mr. T, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing. David Moore, Todd Grossbeck. Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Chris, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan. thanks for the mail. Oh, yeah, thank you. Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna. Matthew Rooks. <laughs> You're also getting a piece of mail soon. And Marshall. Who's also getting a piece of mail soon. And, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>